Can you hear that? Yes. Then it's happening. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are about to hear what could be the greatest train wreck in podcasting history. <laughs> Riley Branton. Riley Branton. Look at that. I did it right off the bat. Riley Blanton is ill tonight and thus is not able to make the Star Wars tonight. I'm Scott Ripon. I'll be filling in. And, uh, of course, the lovely and talented Amy Geek, Amy Radcliffe, is joining us as our guest this evening. Hi, everybody. <laughs> All right, we've got a lot to get into today, so... That means we have to let those guys sing. Amy Ratcliffe, by the way, I didn't mean to shortchange the resume. Writer for The Nerdist, for StarWars.com, for Star Wars Insider. Uh, who else do you write for? Uh, IGN and Comic Book Resources. Those are the those are the big ones. Those are the big ones, and then yeah. just uh, so basically, you just sit and write constantly. <laughs> basically, you yeah. Just, you can never stop writing. At some point, it's like a shark. You know, you can't stop going. No, and it's definitely been that way. Like leading into the holidays and the Force Awakens, I've had I've had some twelve hour days staring at the computer for the past Ooh. recent memory since Thanksgiving. What fun! Qué divertido. Well, I'll tell you what, you were at, speaking of your writing and everything, you had to stop writing a little bit to go to the big press conference this, what was it, Sunday? The Force Awakens press conference? Yes, Sunday, uh, December 6th, yep. All right, now what did you learn that you didn't know going into this? I want to say quickly, it's funny that we're talking about, like the timing worked out, that I'm also working on an article about that press conference right now for Star Wars Insider that I just hit Control-S on to jump on this. Skype call, so it's perfect. Cool, so it's fresh um, on your brain. Exactly. Good. And, you know, they're keeping secrets close to the vest, so it's not like they gave away any anything major, but there were a few insights I really liked. There was a bit, and I'm sure you, some of you have probably read highlights. There were a lot of outlets there, so there are articles to be found about that press conference, and probably there's definitely full-on audio and probably full-on transcriptions that you can read depending on your level of commitment so you can because they were each uh i think all together they came out in two groups they split the cast and crew in two groups of about five or six each and the total press conference was almost like an hour and a half so what did you think of the choice of mc was it a good one bad one um she was funny mindy kaling Mm -hmm. who you know i'm vaguely familiar with her work and like she said when she introduced herself she's like well i know when you think of mindy kaling you think big star wars fan (laughs) <laughs> she joked, and she said she is a Star Wars fan, and she's friends with JJ, and she was fine. She kept things moving along, and again, it's one of those situations where they can't say anything about the film, so you have to ask really vague questions. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought a lot of times she would ask somewhat non-sequitur questions, and I thought, you know, is this done to just kind of stall and, and keep them from having to answer questions about the film? I kind of think so, but they did lead to some fun moments. Like she asked Gwendolyn Christie what Captain Phasma's like walkout song would be like when you're an athlete and you have your entrance song. And that led to Christie and Oscar Isaac and John Boyega rocking out a little acapella version of uh, Led Zeppelin's Cashmere. And, (laughs) and, you know, it was really fun to see everybody 
like the dynamic in both groups, but especially the second batch, which had Boyega, Isaac, Christie, Kathleen Kennedy, and Harrison Ford. Like their energy was hilarious. And Boyega and Ford, I assume it's a bit like they just like kept going back and forth and Boyega would be like, I love you, Harrison. And Harrison would just look annoyed. (laughs) It was this running gag. Um, But I lost my train in the first place, which was that Adam Driver, like I think the most interesting bit, one of the most interesting bits I got out of the press conference was Adam Driver talking a little bit about Kylo Ren, but again, in very broad terms, he he joked that Kylo Ren was a Scorpio and a great cook. Yeah. Um, but on a more serious note, he kind of talked about how Kylo Ren is interesting because he's not black or white. He's he's not like the tidy. Like when we see the Empire, you know, in the original trilogy, they're military, they're organized, they have their stuff together in a way the the rebels don't because they have resources mm-hmm. and. Adam said that Kylo Ren is a little, he's a little more messy. He doesn't have his, basically, I don't know if I can curse, but he doesn't, (laughs) he doesn't have his crap together. (laughs) Close enough. I'm like, we'll keep it, we'll keep it PG (laughs) or whatever. Um, But he liked that, that it was kind of reckless, like the character's reckless. And it's kind of different than a way we're used to to seeing the dark side. So that was one of the more... Like, actual, like, oh, like, I feel like I got a tidbit instead of just, like, an entertaining anecdote. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I keep hearing things like that about Kylo Ren, and it kind of leads me to believe, and this may turn a lot of people off, but he he almost sounds a little bit like Episode 2 Anakin. Oh, I can see that. This is the way it ought to be, and, you know, maybe somebody should make him be this way or else. Yeah, and he's got a little bit of angst to him. Like, I could see that. That's just, to to me, a little interesting. Did you get to ask any questions? I didn't. I wanted to get a question in. And the questions were an interesting mix, too, again, because you had to keep it vague. But there were some questions among the among the ones asked that I was like, oh, that's something I would have expected to hear from a fan at a Comic-Con panel and not a journalist. <laughs> and sometimes fan questions were better. They're not. I don't mean to dismiss people who ask questions at, at panels. We all know that those questions vary in quality. Yes. And... Some of these were on the, I was like, oh, you're asking whether Ewoks are in the movie. That's okay. That's where you're going to ask J.J. Abrams. <laughs> you got um, your one shot at it. This is it. So I didn't get asked a question. I was planning on the second group to ask Kathleen Kennedy a kind of a, a broad question about diversity and, and the future and where they're headed, but ran out of time and I didn't get picked, the like chosen to, yeah, to ask. And it was funny at... You know, when Harrison Ford was in the second group, Carrie Fisher was in the first group. And they had a few questions for her, and she was, as ever, the delightful wild card that (laughs) she always is. Now, was the dog with her? No, Gary was there, but he he was not on stage. Not on stage. Okay. And there was a some back and forth joking between Fisher and Abrams at the end. Sorry, I'm like talking last names because that's what I've been writing. Plus, I feel weird like being like Carrie and JJ, like they're my close <laughs> personal friends. No, um, you're good. You're good. But they joked about like Fisher said, you know, JJ wouldn't let Gary on the set, and they had like a little <laughs> pretending. But when Harrison Ford came out in the second group, the first few questions were all directed to him to the point where. Somebody near me was going to ask a question, and the 
you know, the Disney person going around handing the microphone over was like, is this question for Mr. Ford? And she was like, yes. He's like, don't come up with something else. Ouch. Like you need to ask other people Ouch. questions. Um, and I don't think she had another question ready, but Oops. everybody wanted to talk to Han Solo. I guess so. I guess so. But, so your takeaway, though, I mean, a lot of the vibe from the cast and crew seems to be very upbeat, very positive. Uh, nobody seems to, I mean, they want to hide the movie, but they don't seem to be wanting to hide it because they're embarrassed of it. No, it seems like they want to genuinely hide it to preserve the surprises and to preserve whatever secrets are going to be revealed. Or And they were all positive and not in a way that seems fake. Even Harrison, like he was a little, he was a little gruff, but he was still thoughtful in his answers and seemed very uh, positive, I guess, about yeah. where Han Solo's story is going. And that's why he decided to do it because he thought the character had an interesting path ahead of him. So I was, it was a good vibe and they seem like just a great cast and I'm sure they've been stuck together for days and days now doing the <laughs> press tour. So they might be at that delirious point, but they were yeah. all very entertaining and very, very high energy. Well, thank goodness they, they've avoided the disasters of the, uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron uh, press blitz. So, <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, so only got far, a few anyway. more, like a few more days. <laughs> now, did you see what George Lucas said the other night at the Kennedy Center Honors? I didn't. This is interesting because he was asked, you know, it, it's gotten around. Kathleen Kennedy's been going around telling people, yes, George finally saw it. George liked it, etc. And so George was asked, did you see it? Did you like it? And here's what he said, his exact quote. And unfortunately, I don't have it on video or I'd, I'd play you the audio clip. But here's the quote. I think the fans are going to love it. It's very much the kind of movie they've been looking for. Now. Huh. To, that's very particular phrasing. Yes, yes, it is, because to, I think, the general populace, that's, okay, great, that's an endorsement. But I think you and I both know, based on some of the things he's been saying lately, as in Disney didn't want to make my movie, they wanted to make a movie for the fans, It's it sounds like a little bit of a backhanded slap. Yeah, it sounds like one of those compliments that isn't really a compliment <laughs> when you have the entire story. I, yeah. I hope one day, and I don't, I don't know that it would happen or that even Disney or Lucasfilm would let it happen, but maybe one day when Lucas is a little older and in his rocking chair, he'll tell us all what he had planned for Episode 7. <laughs> and we can judge because that's what we do. Yeah, well, you got that right. Yeah. One way or another. But, that, yeah, that is... It's, it says as much as it doesn't, like, what it does, what he doesn't say, I guess, says as much as what he said. Yeah, he didn't say, that, I love yeah, it. That's what I meant. Yeah. He didn't say, it's, like, it's the movie I would have made. He said, the fans are going to love it. It's the movie, it's very much the kind of movie they've been looking for. And, and I think we, I think he's been pretty obvious in, in his, I'm not going to say contempt, but his, his distaste for some of the, the fan pandering that people have wanted out there, that he's kind of wanted to push his vision, and plainly this is not it. Exactly, and he's also, you know, he's talked about getting flack for the prequels and probably thinks that fans didn't want that, so that if Disney is something, I guess, doing different than, than what he... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it sounded great until then. Where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> but he probably but, thinks yeah. the fans are kind of against him and his ideas anyway, and he has 
reason to believe, you know, there's press, there's a reason for him to think that. Well, good grief. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be a little, a little on the edge of your seat if you went to Netflix and there was a movie on there called The People vs. Amy Ratcliffe? Exactly. You're going to be hesitant. (laughs) I mean, it would scare me away. It's, I, I don't have a thick skin and I couldn't imagine having a skin thick enough to deal with. It, it reminds me of, and, and you know, you say the right thing, you get them in, you say the wrong thing, you lead them away. It reminds me of, uh, there's an old Starlog story about the filming of Return of the Jedi in Yuma, Arizona. And it had to do with a lot of the, the fans figured out pretty quickly that Blue Harvest wasn't Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest, right. you know, people knew, it was Return of the Jedi, we knew. And so, so a lot of people were gathered around the fence that was lining the area where the set was. And, a lot of the cast, Mark Campbell would come over, of course, and chat with people and sign autographs and everything, but Harrison Ford wouldn't have anything to do with them. And he would stay really far away and really aloof. And one of the girls, there were two girls, uh, young, young girls, who were standing there clutching the fence. And one of them says, come on, Mr. Ford, please come over here. We won't bite. And he finally starts to head over there. And then the other girl yells, no, we kiss. And he walks no. away. So- Jeez. <laughs> so you say the wrong thing, and suddenly you get a completely different response. And Ford walks away, and he never has anything to do with those guys. It's fair. Yeah. So it's you know, it, and, and I kind of feel this is where George is kind of. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I do feel for the guy. I really do. Because, but then again, when you look at the four point oh five billion dollars, I don't feel that much for him. That does temper some of it, but I certainly understand why he wants to keep Star Wars fans at arm's length or further. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, sometimes it's the worst part of being a Star Wars fan is all the damn fans. So. <laughs> that is can be accurate for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, today is uh, today is Wednesday. We are, you know, I know that the release date's the 18th, but come on, who's not going to see it on the 17th, right? Exactly. People keep asking, like, do you have early access because you're going on the 17th? I'm like, no, there are showings everywhere on the 17th. Yes. Get on top of it. Everyone will get in. And, and I, I heard uh, Steve and uh, Riley talking about midnight screenings. I, those are kind of a thing of the past nowadays because you get seven o'clock. I guess they realize some of the fan base, like me, got old and can't really make it through a midnight screening anymore. So uh, Exactly. Yeah. I think the last <laughs> midnight screening I attempted to do, well, I succeeded, but it was for the first Hobbit movie, and oh, it was wow. so hard on me the next day. I was like, you know, I think I've crossed that age. I think I'm done with midnight <laughs> screening. So thank you, yeah, the universe, l- for 7 p.m. screenings. <laughs> the last one I did was Revenge of the Sith, and it was over at that point. Um, but, yeah, so the, it's coming up. It's next. Uh, that'll be what would it say the night? So we're talking eight days away, really. Uh, you've got your ticket. Where are you going to go? Thursday. I have tickets for Thursday through Saturday oh, <laughs> at different boy. theaters. And the Thursday night is on, it's just an AMC and the group that I'm going with picked the theater because they have some kind of sound system that is probably impressive, but I'm not a sound person. Mm-hmm. So I just tagged along. So it's just an AMC. And then Friday, I'm seeing at Disney has a theater in Hollywood called uh, El Capitan. That's an yep. older theater yep. and really cool. And then on Saturday, I'm seeing it at Grauman's, so the Chinese theater. Um, a little which, again, history is, there. Exactly. Yeah. Where are you seeing it on Thursday? Uh, I'm actually traveling down to the World Golf Village, because I think when you see, when you think Star Wars, you think World Golf Village. Clearly. And uh, they have they have one of the few real IMAXs in the area. 
you know, there are a lot of in recent years, even IMAX has kind of scaled down their their standards and their specs. Smaller screens, smaller sound systems, and this is a this is an old school traditional IMAX theater. Uh, it's down in St. Augustine. It's about an hour and a half away from my front door, and uh, I thought it was worth it to go down there and see it in the big, real IMAX 3D for the first show. And then I'll go see it. You know, I, I haven't really determined how and when and where I'll I'll be seeing. It. I'm actually on stage the whole weekend too. Uh, we've we've got it. We're doing a radio version of a Christmas story, and I'm performing in that. So oh, fun! Yeah, it's a lot so of it's fun. So it's Christmas story, it's, Star Wars. Yeah, that's... yeah, exactly, exactly. And I had to tell them too. They're like, "Well, here's the rehearsal schedule." And I'm like, you know that day that's not happening because there's Star Wars. Are <laughs> like I have priorities? Yeah, the world like, really? has priorities. Yeah, really, they that's... did. They didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> come on, guys. We've been working long enough. Um, now let me let me ask you this because you mentioned you're going to a bunch of different experiences, a bunch of different theaters, and I want to know from Amy Ratcliffe, which is more important, the theater and the presentation, or the company you're with when you go see one of these films? Company, hands down. Mm-hmm. So it could be a it could be a modest screen. I mean, we're not, we're not talking crappy, but a modest screen with decent sound, and you're okay as long as the people around you are the people you want around you for this experience. Exactly. And as long as I can see it on a nicer screen at a later date <laughs> as well. <laughs> so you're not exactly sacrificing that screen, but but the company's pretty good, is what you're saying. The company's Ex- pretty That matters the most. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, I don't think I have your out music, but I think we've uh, I think we've used up our our generous allotment of your time. Oh yeah, we hit that mark. That went yeah. fast. I know, it does. It does every single time. So we'll uh, we'll get running. We'll let you get back to work because I know you've got a lot of writing to do, and uh, we've got Patreon supporters to support. Don't forget to go to Patreon.com/slash/StarWarsReport if you want to support things like Star Wars Tonight and, of course, Riley's Star Wars Report and his whole network of programs. Uh, Amy, tell us where you're going to be, where you're going to be found, where you can be seen and located, and all that other good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Amy underscore Geek. I tweet a lot about Star Wars and more than usual right now because for obvious reasons. And also at StarWars.com, Nerdist, and Star Wars Insider Magazine. But other than that, not busy at all. No, not not at all. (laughs) Just fiddling my thumbs. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to put the wraps on Star Wars tonight for this evening, Wednesday, December the 9th. Tomorrow, special guest Scott Rifen will be here. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say. I've heard he's a pretty cool dude. And and Riley, by the way, may or may not be back. So, Amy, I may be asking you to come back tomorrow. So (laughs) it just depends on whether or not Riley's voice is working again. But uh, but as you know, actually, you and I did a film commentary on uh, episode four one time when I had lost my voice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Riley should just suck it up. He should. I mean, at this point, come on, Riley. Yeah, really. Come on. No excuses. That's right. That's right. All right, well, we will see you guys tomorrow, so have fun, take care, and uh, may the Force be with you. And we're done. That's it. Beautiful. Star Wars makes time fly. Always, always. All right, young lady, I will let you run, and uh, I've actually got to get to rehearsal for the play myself, so it timed out nicely. Perfect. Well, have fun rehearsing. I don't know if that's the right, but I feel like there's a phrase. That's what I was searching yeah. for. Is that break a leg? Break a leg, yeah. For performing. I don't, I don't want you to break anything because no, I don't yeah. want you to miss Star Wars. <laughs> but um, if you do end up meeting somebody for tomorrow, let me know. I'm totally around. Okay. I'll drop you a line. Cool. All have right. fun. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.